want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and he only took a couple of them with him, and even they got freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So, yeah, like, that's the thing. And, like, you know, when Jesus t met people and talked with them, he didn't show off by speaking in tongues. Yeah. Do you know that's the one, the one gift that Jesus is never seen to use? Yeah. Mm. Speaking in tongues. Um, but of course he has, <laughs> he has so many other, he's doing so many other things. So, but it's, it's just, it's just interesting. Cause I think there's a maturity with regard to our spirituality. Spirituality does not have to be weird. Right. Like we can follow God with total, you know, all of our reasoning capabilities, you know, like we're not losing our minds. Right. Um, but I think I think there is that idea out there that the crazier you are or the, you know, the stranger you are, the more spiritual you are. Right. And, uh, and that's why New Age is such a big thing. Yeah. Because it's so unhuman like. So it's got to be real. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so non-earthly. Yeah, it's got yeah. to be spiritual, and if it's spiritual, it's got to be good. Yeah, it's almost like the it's almost like the uh, um, Hindu concept, you know, everything that's physical bad, everything that's spiritual good, and you know, and, and it's creeped away its way into the church a few in a few ways, right? Like we think if we think our body's bad but our spirit is good, well, what, that would make suicide okay. Right, it should make right. it a godly act, right? But that's not what that is. Because right, our right. bodies aren't bad. It's our nature that's bad, right? Our sin nature has been right, our nature has been corrupted. And so, and so, you know, it wouldn't make any sense then to say, why would Jesus heal the body if it's if it's evil? So we have a lot of ideas spiritually that almost that like in an American church just needs to grow up. Like we need to, we need to grow up in the Lord and quit being infants all the time. Yeah. So, which is I what had, I think Paul does, right? I think that's what Paul does in Corinthians. I think he's yeah. telling the Corinthian church, look, I appreciate all your gifts. I appreciate all you're doing, but you need to grow up in love. Like you need to grow up into what is of, of eternal value, like understand what's eternal and what's not eternal. But grow up in your maturity of using your spiritual gifts. There's a governing to it. And so, you know, if somebody calls us out on spiritual gifts, we shouldn't feel terrible. We just got to understand there's a governing to it. Like, and it's, and it's not somehow sinful uh, if we, like, choose in the moment because of the nature of the situation to say, well, you know what? In this situation, I'm not going to speak in tongues. Right? And so, you know. We we feel like oh if I don't use if I don't use this then I'm I'm disobeying the Lord like well no not right. necessarily <laughs> right well you know I wonder and and I don't know for any scientific or you know any research fact or anything about this but I bet the people that you know either have that pride or they don't understand 
or you know like you said they feel like oh i've got to speak in tongues or i'm i'm either not going to fit in or i'm sinning if i don't right have they read the bible yeah right that's the question like have, have they, they read, they the read Bible? all of it right have they read the whole council the whole thing right yeah right? not just first corinthians 12 or 14 <laughs> exactly right the whole thing the whole thing right um and because the more i read it the less prideful i am the less i want to do things that to show the less i want to manufacture things it really shows me how much i need god and it really it makes me focus on Jesus and walking in the spirit. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it, I didn't get that the first time I read it. Mm -hmm. I've, I real, I saw a few things in there. I said, Ooh, I've done that before <laughs> in oh, yeah. some of the parables, but you know, reading it over and over and over again, it really changes you. So that's why I say, I wonder if they read the whole thing and not just, read the words and I, you know, I understand. Okay. It's not, you're not going to understand it all the first time. I still don't understand it all. Yeah. <laughs> I still question a lot of things, but the very discipline of reading it really does change you. Well, yeah, there is no doubt. And, and on this topic, we're talking about, you know, just watch how Jesus operated. And really, that's a beginning point for people that, you know, yeah. if you haven't read the Bible, just watch Jesus and what he does. You know, like we can get we can overcook all this and we can we can go into all these deep, you know, Bible studies on what all the different disciples did and mm -hmm. in the early church and what's Paul saying here and all this stuff. If you want to get down to the basics. And if you're relatively new starting out in all this and that things are confusing for you, mm -hmm. study Jesus. Because Jesus never showed off ever. He did the last thing that Jesus wanted to do in his, in his ministry and what he was doing was show off to anybody. He just wanted to love people and that's what, you know, his commandment to us is. Mm -hmm. You know, love love others as you love yourself and and it's very simple. And so I've been studying this a lot this week in different terms. But, you know, if we want to have a relationship with the Lord and we want to receive something from the Lord and we want to have the relationship and know him, it's just about his love for us. And that's how Jesus operated. So, you know, nobody needs to show off. And nobody needs to, you know, like have all this crazy supernatural powers. Nobody needs to do anything. We just need to, you know, God will show us and tell us everything we need to do for others based on his desire for us to act in love for those people because he loves them. He loves all of his children. He's no respecter of persons. So God loves Robert just as much as he loves Phil. Man. <laughs> And vice versa. But and you know, yeah. But God 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 will tell, you know, he will tell you what to do and how to interact with his children. Yeah. Amen. And I think we get I think we get caught. We get here's the problem. Like if we're gonna if we're talking about like spiritual maturity, right? So right. if we talk about spiritual maturity, 
what is happening in our world is we, when we become new believers, we put so much pressure on ourselves to mature. And, and here's kind of the thing, right? There's a process to that, right? Like a baby that's drinking milk doesn't like jump out of his, his mother's lap and say, okay, I'm going to go try to gnaw on this steak over here with no teeth. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, you know, there's a process to it. The, the baby's not ready for that. Right. There's, right. there's a process to it. And I think God understands that growth more than anybody. Right. He understands growth. And God is as much as we may be in a rush to mature and get as much from God as we possibly can while we're here on earth. I don't think God's ever in a rush. You know, God, God is busy. But he's never in a hurry. And so, like, so we have this situation where I think we put so much pressure on ourselves for maturity that that we actually sometimes stifle our growth because because we may take a jump too far ahead. We may say, "Well, I should be here." We start downing ourselves, or worse, downing others, right? Because then, if we feel like we're spiritually mature and we're like, "Well, I've learned this, and you need to learn this," and I don't know why you don't know this, right? And all of a sudden, then our pride kicks in. And wow, guess what? That's not very good spiritual maturity, right? And so, like, you have this kind of stuff happening, where we just get we just get so caught up in the stuff that it's kind of like, yeah. Well, let's just let's just do our best to look at Jesus and go, okay, what did he do? What did he do? Something I have been kicking around this week, and I think. And I, I'm probably going to preach this on Sunday, uh, but something I was kicking around this week in Mark, uh, I believe it's Mark 4. Mark 4, you know, the storm's going on. It's one of the places, the storm's going on just before he meets the demon-possessed man, uh, you know, Legion. Well, there's a storm going on, and he's in the boat, in, in the Mark version. Um, he's, in, he's in the boat, and he is sleeping. The disciples are in the storm. And so the storm is happening. And it's bad enough that it's scaring all these fishermen, right? They're like, we're going to die. I mean, they, they really are, like, it's a real fear. They feel like they're going to die. And Jesus is sleeping, right? And so here, here's, here's the thought, right? I think we should be looking to Jesus, and if he's concerned about it, we should be concerned about it. Hmm. If he's not concerned about it, then don't be concerned about it. And what's happening is out of their desperation, right? Real life situation, out, they're scared to death. And out of their fear, they wake up the son of God and they say, don't you care for us? Oh. Okay. How many times, like, and I think this has to do with maturity, right? I think how many times have we gone to God out of our desperation in life and we have to, we have measured God's love for us based on whether we feel fear or not. Hmm. Uh, yeah, like, right. We've all been there. Like we've been there, right? Like Jesus is literally in the boat with us. And we just looked at God and we're like, why don't you care for me? <laughs> right? Like if you cared for me, I would have enough to eat. I'd have 
clothes to wear. I'd have whatever I wanted. I'd have, right. We would be, who knows what we put on the list, right? But there's things in our life that come into our life that cause this desperation in us. That we feel this desperate that we turn to God and we like, you know, don't you care? Hmm. Well, well, wait a second. Right. And so I started realizing there's some things here, like, like there's some maturity issues here because Jesus, he gets upset about their faith. See, it was a faith issue. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait a second, you know? And so I think they were somehow in here, they're reflecting more of the storm than of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is their spirituality is affected. So kind of going along with what Chad said, right? Like, man, we just got to look to Jesus. Like, and I think we get so caught up in letting other people define our maturity or define what spirituality should look like that we just don't become real anymore. We become something else. And it's like, well, wait a second. It, you know, Jesus is in the boat. Let's look to him. Is he concerned? Well, and it comes down to us living spiritually versus carnally, you know, and we could we could go for hours on that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I, but even in that, like, even though that's a huge, deep thing that we could talk about with lots of practical examples, we got to we got to back that out and keep that simple, too. And we, again, we can look at Jesus there again, mm-hmm. you know, because he was the great example of, yes, he heard from the Father. But, you know, that's where we need the relationship with God, our own relationship with God. And in, in a really cool thing, a teaching that I heard today, I was listening to this pastor today, and he said, a lot of Christians are living by proxy. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And he's and basically what that means is a lot of Christians out there, their their relationship with God is whatever their pastor's relationship with God is, and they're living their life based on their pastor and their pastor's relationship with God. They don't have their own walk with God. Yeah. So we can in a basic level, we can sum up this thing and say, okay, you know, as Christians living spiritually versus carnally there's a lot of christians out there who are basically just living their everyday life and just trying to think about what phil or robert are doing and gee and and if they need something from god and i'm guilty of this i've I've been guilty of this man i need to go to phil and have phil pray for me (laughs) right and you know what i would love to but I'd probably tell you to pray for yourself first. Well, right. <laughs> and, and that's where both of you guys as pastors need to start kicking people to the curb and saying, I love you, but I'm going to, I'm sending you packing, man. Like, you know, I'm here to teach you that you need to have your own relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this was something that I learned the hard way. It, the It was a pretty hard way, but that's what Jesus wanted for people. Jesus didn't, yeah. you know, Jesus didn't want them uh, following around all the disciples and following him around and all this. He wanted people to speak to God. And, you know, Bill could really speak to this. This is a bit of a history lesson. But when you think about it, 
the the Jewish people, the Israeli people, I should say, they they threw that into the garbage can and said, God, we we just want to deal with Moses. Let Moses let Moses have our relationship with God for us and let Moses tell us what to do. And we're just going to take our relationship with you, our one-on-one relationship with you, and we're just going to throw it in the garbage can and we're going to do we want you to talk through Moses. Yeah. So Jesus I mean, Jesus that's biblical too. <laughs> yeah, and Jesus came Jesus came to fix that. That's one of the reasons that Jesus came. So what can we what can we take from that? Well, each one of us individually, at two o'clock in the morning, when we're going through a, a, a deep depression or a deep anxiety or a deep mm-hmm. whatever we're going through at two o'clock in the morning, you know, Phil and Robert are probably gonna have their phone on silent. Yeah. My mom has a saying that God's up all night. Yeah. She's either God, God's up 24-7. Mm-hmm. That's where we need our personal relationship with God because Phil's not and Robert's not. Right. Yeah. You know what, Chad? You're you're absolutely right. But at the same time, we got to make sure we don't neglect this relationship, you know, between friends. Yes. But it shouldn't be primary. This should be the primary Absolutely. between you and God. I always do this when I um, marry people. When I talk to them, I say, I draw a triangle and I say, put their names on the bottom, one in each corner. And I put God at the top of the triangle. I said, look, you guys have a relationship. That's why you're getting married. You should have a relationship with God. Okay. And he'll have a relationship with you. Now, when the whole marriage turns upside down and I flip the piece of paper over, I said, can a triangle stand on its point? No, it's going to fall over. But when God is the one there, he's going to hold that together for you so that he can get you back on top. So it's important to have a relationship this way, but it's really important to have it this way, too. So I'll pray for you, but I am going to tell you to pray for yourself first, and then I'll pray for you. You know what I mean? Right. And, and and you can't and you can't erase God out of that bottom leg of the triangle and put Phil oh. or Robert in. Oh no, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely you know, that not. Speaks, that speaks to spiritual maturity. Yeah. Right. Spiritual maturity. If if you're only experiencing God on Sunday, then you're not really experiencing God, right? You're you're just coming for a religious ex, uh, involvement. Experiencing God means that you, you know you have this understanding that the Lord is talking with you throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Part of the joy of being a believer yeah, is knowing is. that I have access to the Father every moment of my life, right? Like this is the excitement. Think about this. You have access to the Father anytime. Mm-hmm. Yep. There is never a time when he is cut off from it, this is the joy of the gospel. Like we can talk to the father. So what's happening is people are trading in that joy, just like the Israelites did. They, well, we'd rather talk to Moses kind of like that. Well, we'd rather talk to the pastor. And I, and I have, uh, I make sure that the congregation understands this, right. And people need to understand this. There's no person that is your savior except Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, look, that's right. I can do a certain amount of things to help somebody. I can't save you. 
right? I can only help you to a certain level. And so once I understand that in my own life, then all of a sudden, oh, you go, wait a second. You know, so so I got to trust the Holy Spirit to help this person out. Mm -hmm. Because I, I'm not the Savior. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, and I think, and I think we get this a lot. And that's where that's where we were talking earlier with people that feel the need to have to be involved in certain spiritual gifts or they have to do these things. Right. It's almost like I have to do this because they put that burden on themselves. And it's like, well, wait a second, but you're not the savior. You're not the Holy Spirit. Right. Somebody that walks up to somebody, hey, you should you should be cutting your hair. Your hair is way too long, man. Look, you got to cut. Well, wait a second. Are you the Holy Spirit's conviction? Yeah. Like, like you have a new title, right? Like you have the spiritual gift of conviction. And so, like, you know, we have these kind of things that happen. And what we realize is, you know, there's there's some maturity here. There, what's really happening is you don't trust the Holy Spirit to tell them that. Yeah. You feel like you have to. Yeah. You know, that's funny because I just realized there's no spiritual gift of conviction. No, there's that's, that's not. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like there's there's no holy. Like when I when I'm up there preaching the word in church, the only time conviction happens is if the Spirit decides He's going to convict somebody. Right. Exactly. Right? Like He's going to tell them, "Hey, this is how this word applies in your life." Right. So if we ever preach without the Holy Spirit, we're in trouble. <laughs> like nothing's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, I mean, that's kind of the idea, right? Like this, this idea of uh, maturity and understanding that, man, that, that relationship has to be a one-on-one -on -one relationship, mm -hmm. but out of necessity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, one thing that Phil brought up earlier, he said, Phil, and it's a good point. You said you don't want to kind of cast away the, the, the the prayers for one another and and one thing that to tie that into robert's comment about maturity is the the andrew womack ism of the jumper cables yeah because yeah. And, and and we've done this all for our each other at, at times and regardless of people's maturity level but especially when i was relatively mature you have the jumper cable effect where you know like you know, like I, I'm, I was in strife and difficulty with stuff, and I'd be like, "Phil, I need you to pray for me." And Phil would be like, "Okay, boom!" He hit me with the jumper cables. <laughs> you, you know, and 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 that's a very important aspect in prayer life because certain people in certain situations, especially when they're relatively new in their their walk with the Lord, they may not have the knowledge or wisdom or revelation that they need at that yeah. moment for what they're dealing with, they just might not have it yet. Right. And that's where, you know, Phil would boom, he'd, he'd hit me with the jumper cables and he'd pray for me and, and, you know, get me through a situation. So that's a good point, especially, yeah, especially when we're dealing with people, you know, and that's kind of your daily job now, Robert. Like, you know, you're, <laughs> your call center. Jumper you're, cables on all kinds of people that call. That's right, man. Like you're you're like the triple A truck. Yeah. They're, they're calling you, they're calling you, and they they got dead batteries all over the place. They're they're all over the side of the road. You're just they're hitting them with your jumpers. Right. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I'll tell you, Robert hit me with the jumper cables yesterday, and I, I didn't even ask for it. God, yeah. knew I needed it. <laughs> and it helped, too. That's right. That's yep, right. It helped. We're going we're gonna to get God, Robert. I, I, I said, okay, God, you got my attention. I'm, I was starting to try to do things on my own, and through yeah. you, he pulled me back in. We're going to get... We're going to get Robert like one of those work shirts that says like trip away, you know, with his name on it, Robert. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, yeah, that, and that, that picture, I love that picture. That picture is of course, Jesus is on the water. Peter's sinking. Right. And right. so it's from, it's from the right. aspect of Peter. And of course, Jesus is reaching in the water. And I just find that more and more, like that's where my life is at. I am always in need of Jesus rescuing me from something. Yes. <laughs> like I'm clearly, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, if we don't, if we don't trust the Holy spirit to do something in our life, guess what we're going to be. We're going to be sinking. We're going to be yeah. in over our head and we're going to need rescued. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, because we're doing something that only God can really do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, and that's the point. And the, the danger I think is, and that's going back to what we we're talking about. Like the believers, Believers have to understand that there's a trust you can have in the Holy Spirit that just as he leads you, he's going to lead somebody else. Mm. Right. Like there's like, yeah, like you're not you're not unique in the sense of you're the only person on earth that the Holy Spirit is speaking to. <laughs> right? right. Like, like you, you know, I mean, we'd like to think that, like, because God loves us so much, we feel unique because that's just how awesome God is. And we are, but we're not unique in the sense of, of God having an intimate relationship with just one person. Right. 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 right? And so the, the beautiful part about that is it takes it takes that burden away, too. Now, there is a place in that relationship. You know, we talk about the horizontal relationship. Where I think at some point to help people move on to maturity is we have to challenge them, mm-hmm. kind of like challenging mm-hmm. them. Hey, I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to pray for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you have to challenge them to take ownership of their relationship. And, uh, and I think I think the writer in Hebrews does this. He warns he warns the Hebrews, "Hey, you're in danger of like you're you're still drinking milk. You should be eating meat." Mm-hmm. Right. And so he's challenging them to move on. There's well, of course, they had to move on by accepting the Christ. Right. I mean, this is the big deal. Like you're missing the Christ. Right. And if you're not careful, you're just going to be stuck drinking milk all the time. You're supposed to be eating meat by now. And so there was this challenge to them to accept what God's doing. And I think I think that's what we're what we have to do. You know, if we if we don't want the Lord in our life. And we're just going to come to, we're just going to go to our services on Sunday. We're going to pretend and tell ourselves that that'll be enough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we won't actually, we're going to miss the, the best part of the relationship. His presence mm-hmm. and his presence with us every day. And, uh, and I've got this, I got this little card. I look at it. I look at it every day. And it and it and it asks the question: Will you join God's activity today, or will He have to find someone else? Mm-hmm. And and that just immediately every time I read that, I go, God, I want to join your activity today. 
So I know that that could mean all kinds of different things, right? Yeah. But I know that, that it's got to be his presence there. You know, there was a point in my life where I, when I was walking much, much closer with God and I realized just how much I wasn't in the past. And I thought to myself, well, what if I would have way back then, 20 years ago or whatever, and God stopped me. He said, no, that got you to where you are. That was all part of the journey. And then yeah. he helped me understand how incredible it is that I am where I am right now and how much more is coming. So there's right. never a look back. Right. It's always in the presence, in the present with wow. God. Yeah. He's the I am, not the I was or I will be. He's the I am. Yeah. And he was there 20 years ago, just as much as he is now. Yeah. And if we start comparing, we're going to miss out on the present. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I, I kind of realize I have to enjoy the season I'm in. Yeah, exactly. That's what right. I'm like, yeah. like we're going to go through different seasons of our yeah. life, and you enjoy where you're at with the Lord, where you're at, you know. But yeah, I mean, you can't you can't compare your life to another person's. You are you you are in a season, and you you know you do what you're supposed to do in that season you're in with the Lord, uh, right? Right. Uh, so we can talk about spiritual maturity, but spiritual maturity is not a gauge of salvation. Right. right. And exactly. it's not a, it's, you know, it's not, it's not that it's a, it's a matter of in the season you're in, how many times do you want to walk around that mountain? Well, you're still walking <laughs> around the mountain that the Lord's on, but how many times do you want to walk around that mountain? Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of the situation, right? So, and then moving on to something else the Lord teaches, but the relationship with the Lord is what it's about. Yeah. So, Good stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the one thing that comes to my mind, too, one thing that we missed the boat on, a lot of people forget about, and I have, I'm guilty of this, eternal life doesn't start the day that your physical body dies. Yeah. Eternal, <laughs> life, good, Chad. eternal life for you starts the minute you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Absolutely. Right. Amen. And, 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 you know, like you guys were talking about earlier, I think Robert brought it up, you know, like when you, when you first um, kind of begin your walk or in my case, when you restart your walk after 20 years or whatever your case is, uh, you, you want to hit that, you want to hit that accelerator pedal and go as fast as you can. Uh, like, oh man, look, I got to catch up. I got to catch up. I got to go so fast. Yeah, I gotta, right. And you're just, try, you're just trying to like, Oh man, you know, I'm looking at, like people like you two and I'm thinking like, gosh, I got to catch up. Yeah, you well, that's kind of a bunch of baloney. Like, yeah. you know, like we got an eternity to, to get to wherever we're going, which will never happen. I mean, it's, it's eternity. It's infinite. So, but, but that eternal life started the, the day that we accepted Jesus each one of us. So this is a marathon. It's, it, it's a marathon with no ending. Exactly. There, there's not a reason to be in a, in a hurry. Exactly. Just, but, but each step needs to be legit. Each step right. needs to be meaningful and, and uh, legitimate and heartfelt towards God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and so like we can think about 
here's, you know, we can think about the past. We can think about the future, right? Think about the past, try to prepare for the future. But the only place you actually live is in the present. Yeah. Right. right. There is, there is nothing else, but you know, the, I know that there's like a lot of people think, what if we could time travel? What if we could do this? I'm of the personal opinion that the past isn't even in existence anymore. That the future doesn't yeah. exist except in the mind of God where he's leading it. So the only thing that literally exists is right now. Yeah. So, so all that we're, and that's where I think Jesus is like, you know, tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Mm -hmm. right? I think, I think because what happens is we'll get so caught up in something that we want to happen or something that we has already happened to us that it like captures us and it stops the present. Like we can't enjoy the present because we're, we're caught. Mm -hmm. And yep. I think, I think that's, that's good. That's a dangerous part, right? The only thing that really exists is the present. And so like people often say, well, you know, I just want to have this righteous, perfect, faithful life. Well, I'm sure you know, everybody does. But if you're thinking it's out there, like it's it's like 20 years from now. You, you're missing the point. Right. Faith yep. is, is about now. You have to live your faith now. And then you know what happens if you live your faith today? Well, then you had a day of being faithful. And then if you live your faith tomorrow, guess what happened? You had another day of being faithful. And you know what that creates? A life of faith. <laughs> but it's 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 like each day is that way. Because we don't, you know, we no matter what we do, I can't control the future and I can't relive the past. The past is gone. The only where the only place the past lives, uh, lives is in my mind. Yeah. Right. How in the world can you even go back to that? Except I share it with somebody else. Right. Right. OK, so me and Chad and Phil, you know, we have. So our relationship creates an understanding of where we have been with each other. But doesn't necessarily define right now. Right. But it. it so what happens is like, where are we living? We're living in the present. And, and that's where you get people who are, you get people who sometimes get so caught up in the past that they can't let it go, or they get so concerned about the future that they're worried about things that may never come to be. And God is asking us to have faith for right now. That's a great point. And there are certain people like me who's a professional what-ifer. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going 100 miles an hour. My, my, my life has to this point has been going a hundred miles an hour and then five miles down the road. I mean, I'm, I'm plotting and I'm planning every possible aspect of every possible thing that can happen. I've already predicted what's going to happen on, on all these five roads that possibilities in front of me. And I'm a professional, what if for, and, you know, what if this? Well, if what if this happens, then this is how I'm going to respond. If this happens, then here's my options. And if that happens, well, then I, I'll do this and da-da-da. And, you know, in the midst of all that, I've completely exhibited my unbelief in God. Huh. Well, now, well, let me clarify this, right? The Bible talks about preparation. It talks about us making sure we prepare. Right. It talks about these kind of things. So there is some responsibility in that. However, you can't live there. Right. 
right? God tells us that a man plans his way, but he directs his steps. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you could prepare, prepare, prepare. You could be the greatest like preparer. You could, man, you could have all this stuff and man, and all of a sudden, guess what happens? Something you, out of your control. Isn't that kind of the point of the parable of the rich fool? Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Right. The what ifs. And he's like preparing for everything. Like He's like the doomsday prepper. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet he doesn't get to enjoy any of it. Because, right. Because the thing he can't control. Right. Is is what happens to him. He can't he can't do anything about that. He can prepare like we God ex has an expectation that we would be responsible and prepare. But you can't live there. Yep. And the only thing that'll guarantee anything tomorrow is our relationship with God. And I've, I've been learning that the hard way. Yep. You've come a long way, Chad. You know, I, I think it's... back to uplift episode eight, when you're sitting there studying your papers and, <laughs> <laughs> and now look at you, that's spiritual maturity right there. It, it, it's not been easy, Phil. And that's, <laughs> it, I never say, whose journey has been no that's the thing like it, it, none of this is easy because we have to break we have to break those old chains that we've had and i've still got some to break but oh yeah you know we it, that's a hard process when god breaks us from but but the only thing that makes it easy is when we when we realize that we're not perfect and, you know, no matter how hard we work and no matter how hard we try and, and all these things, we'll never beat God. We'll never be as good as God. Nope. That's the only thing that makes this relatively easy in any way is knowing that no, how, no matter how good we perform, mm -hmm. we'll never be as good as God. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's the point of having faith in him too, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's the point. Like I don't I don't have to like so the perfection and the things we want to move toward in the future. Well, okay. I don't necessarily have to do all that because I know the God who already has all that. Mm -hmm. Right? See, God is asking us to be secure in him, in him, and how important that is, that trust in him. Mm -hmm. Right? How many of you Raise your hand now. How many of you were worried about your retirement portfolio? Now, maybe maybe we've got some weird folks, right? But I don't know. How many of you were worried about your portfolio when you were like eight or nine? <laughs> right? I don't like, worry about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think it kind of depends on what's in there. I mean, you got to have something in there to worry about probably. But, well, yeah, true. <laughs> but the issue is like, right, nobody does that, right? Well, what were you concerned with? Just that day what was happening that day right and you and you trusted your parents pretty much were going to dictate your day for you right like it was going to go that way and you didn't worry about the food you were going to eat you didn't worry about the clothes you were going to wear if you needed something you went straight to your parents so we didn't worry about our portfolio then so what happens is we think spiritual maturity is the same as growing up physically oh i become independent that's not mm, true. No. The more mature you get in the Lord, the more dependent you are. Mm -hmm. I've seen Phil's retirement plan 
<laughs> it's just a it's just a sketch of Elijah riding off in up in the sky. Bill's <laughs> just, just gonna be a a, a a a preacher until the Lord whisks That's him it. up. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, that's 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 the retirement plan. The rapture. The rapture is the retirement plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the chariot. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm just gonna before I go, I'm gonna turn around and hand you my mantle and say, "Here's a double portion for you, Chad." Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're gonna take. You're gonna strike that water, and it's gonna split, and everybody's gonna start following you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, this was fun. It usually is. Yeah. <laughs> and we get as much from it probably as anybody who listens to us. I am sure we do. Yeah. Yeah. I know we do. That's not the that's not the purpose, but it just happens that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, great topic tonight too. Spiritual mm-hmm. maturity. I, I really enjoyed it. Yep. And I don't know, you guys within the first five minutes, both of you confirmed what I thought I was hearing today from the Lord just by certain things you said. So God was speaking to me through you guys in the first five minutes. I think it was before we even started recording. So I just want to say thank you and thank you, God, for confirming the answer for me. Um, It's pretty amazing how, how he does that. So maybe that's another topic for another time though. We're out of time now. Awesome. Yep. It's been a great episode. It has. We say that every week, but you know what? It is every week. That's right. All right. Well, you guys have a great evening and all of you who are watching or listening, have a great day or evening or whatever time of day it is. Just live in the present. There we go. Wherever you are. And we will be back next week. I guess we're looking to the future. (laughs) Just can't live. Yes. We shall be back next week with another episode. Until then, good night. Good night.